from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. are back and uh and uh i almost didn't want to (laughs) i almost didn't want to because you you didn't want to hear me celebrating we should rehearse (laughs) just one time one time i never get to brag this early in the show no but i i'm coming at you and you just you m&m to me (laughs) you m&m that sounds like a compliment i don't know what that means have you not seen eight mile i have Remember where he goes first in the last, by the way, spoiler alert from 08. <laughs> or was it after? It's got to be earlier than that. 08? Mm. Yeah, yeah that, you know what? It's like 98. Y- no, definitely. Well, no, it's what? not that early, but it's like 2000 ish. Yeah, 2002. Okay. So, yeah, spoiler alert 17 years later, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out. No, he, uh, you know, he preemptively raps about how broke down he is so the other guy's got nothing <laughs> so i'm about to come at you and you and you took it away from me you took it <laughs> you away know, from I, me i knew you weren't going to give me credit you were going to find some way to get out of it you took it away from me almost like switzerland tried to take away <laughs> uh usa's fed cup fed cup world group hopes we'll talk about that later because we never start with women right because um and that's pretty sad considering it was in texas well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Lesser known part of Texas. No. Not lesser known, but San, less. Uh, it's the eighth largest city populated. in the eight, It's not even close. San Antonio is the eighth largest well, city in the country, you dumb dumb. Compared to where we are. All you had to do was talk. That's it. <laughs> That's all you had to do was talk, and I had you. I, I love just, San Antonio. I do too. My favorites. Love it. I, I lived there for a year when I first moved to Texas. And there you go. I've been to the Freeman Coliseum. Look at that. Uh, which is where Fed Cup is uh, being held. Oh, why not? Look, you want to talk about Fed Cup? The problem is one of the matches is not done. <laughs> and so the rubber, the fifth rubber is not done. Yeah. Learn from me and don't talk about a match while it's still going. <laughs> so <laughs> I've heard. That. So I've heard. Not on the not on the podcast because I'll be <laughs> doggone if I'm going to listen to your podcast. <laughs> all right. So Fed Cup was going on. And for all of those sexists out there, that's women's tennis. Um, so Fed Cup is actually women's work, technically. <laughs> uh, so the semifinals of the real group, the right. world group is going on. And then America, we lost in the first round of the old world group. So Why it, are we still playing? Because we are trying to keep from getting <laughs> relegated to... The, that's a good point. But why, are they, why is that on the same weekend as the... Like I think it's funny the tennis channel showing that instead of the group that I could you imagine any Agreed. other sport doing that? Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say this. Well, yeah, soccer does that. You know, they're going to show if you live in that's true. Some awful. By the way, I have a new team. I told. I think I told yeah. everybody Newcastle. <laughs> but if you, you know Newcastle is in the Premier League, Sunderland, their hated rival, which is now my hated rival. Apparently, I hate them. I guess <laughs> I don't know why, but hey, that's what I'm told. Uh, they're in a, you know a group or two down. But if you live in Sunderland, you don't care about Newcastle. You're watching right. your awful whatever group 
way down, you know, publicly kind of stuff. Well, anyway, they do show the Cowboys here in every week seventeen. That never means anything. Yeah, and yeah. if there was relegation, <laughs> they'd certainly be. So that's the same concept, I guess. They'd be Division Three football by now if there was relegation. <laughs> but it was just funny turning it on. I agree. That. I um, agree. Now they did show some of the real one too. Now my trusty phone with Tennis Channel Plus was a disaster. <laughs> so I had to get my laptop, which is not convenient. How pitiful is that that a laptop is not convenient when that's what it's designed to be? Right. But the phone is way more convenient. But I, I couldn't get, somehow I couldn't get signed in right. I couldn't get the match up. And I promise you it's not user error. Because let me tell you. Which would be unusual. I got Game of Thrones up on my phone. <laughs> all right. So I can do it. Um, well, that is the problem when you're switching from different devices trying to log in. It always seems to be an issue. Yeah. So anyway, so I went ahead and got on my laptop and I was watching for, uh, France, Romania, high drama, high drama. <laughs> in, Romanian match of drama. In Rouen, <laughs> which it's Rouen if you're English, right. but Rouen if you're French. Uh, they France was hosting Romania and Halep says, hey. I'm going to win this year's Fed Cup if it's the last thing I do. Guess what? She didn't. <laughs> Another uh, spoiler alert, please. Um, but high drama because it came down to the fifth rubber. And you have Simona Halep, who's not a doubles player, but one of the best players in the world. Right. Um, Roger Federer would have something to say about that. <laughs> um, one of the best players in the world, and and so she was trying to just out tennis. I was going to say none of her game favors doubles. Yeah. Though. Well, no, her return. That's true. And it's one up, one back dubs, even at the highest level. And so cross court forehands are you know in right. backhands. Um. So yeah, so so she was uh, trying her best to just out tennis a doubles team with Mladenovic, who's a, a good doubles player. Um, well, we've joked about this before, how doubles means nothing all year long until it gets to 2-2 in Fed Cup, and yeah. it means everything. <laughs> they should just play it first and get it over with. <laughs> they hate it. Right. They hate it. Oh, you know that's like the, the team that's up 2-1, their number one motivation isn't winning. It's don't, don't make us play doubles. Right. Yeah, we just let's get us out of here. <laughs> so on one half, you had Belarus in Australia, which came down to a 3-2. I actually saw more of that than the Americans, so I guess I did see a little of yeah. that. And then France-Romania uh, also came down to 3-2. Now, Belarus in the main group and not America. That's discouraging. Yes. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Even Australia to be in the main group and not, not uh, well, America. Uh, at le- well, again, you only need two players, really. Yeah. Um, when we remember, they played our, we played our five and six in the first round. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Not good. Right. Not good. And again, we we ha- were able to see in Fed Cup a potentially stark difference in terms of what we're going to be doing in Davis Cup. We got <laughs> to see that because this home, you know, the home ice advantage and I know it's hockey and the <laughs> Penguins are out, but I, was, I won't let go. Uh, you know, so you get the home court advantage. Uh, in the locker room, apparently, is uh, some of these Australians really are fond of saying. Yeah, and and uh, and so all that kind of stuff, and we and we get to see it and remind us, oh, is this any good? And then we're going to compare it later to the men and you know how they 
taken our idea and made a disaster out of Davis <laughs> Cup, honestly. Right. So now again, the home the home fans that added a ton to France and Romania because it was a three two match and right. it came down to the fifth rubber and you know, I don't know you'd have to ask the players. I don't know how much that mattered, but you know, it seemed to it seemed to spur the doubles team on that I watched. I didn't get to see a lot of the singles, uh, but uh, but got to watch the entire doubles match. Well, and I'm sure we would never do any research, but I'm sure the home team has a winning higher winning percentage. Ah, who in cares? Fed Cup. So yeah, it's got to mean something. Now, to me, the number one problem for Fed Cup or Davis Cup. What's your number one problem with it? Oh, just lack of visibility. I mean, I just think it's not, you know, part of the what people think of as being important in tennis in terms of what applies to both of them. Right. That's a symptom. Right. That's yeah. a symptom. And so here's my cure. Not once every year. Yeah. I, I, I think they should go to at least every other year and put each gender every year. I was going to say, I, so I would men, be fine women, with men, once women, a year men, women. if they were combined. And I don't even necessarily mean combined in the teams are combined, just the events. Then I'd be fine with it once a year, or I'm fine with your idea too of every other year, because then it's you're, we're still watching it once a year, but they're only um, each gender is only playing once a year. That, so watching, yeah, but watching watching the meaningfulness of Hollop you know, in her eyes or whatever, uh, that was dumb. But, you know, just hearing her comments, such a huge goal for her to win, and she didn't. And I'm like, oh, gee whiz, devastated. Oh, wait, you'll be playing in about two weeks. You'll start the first round. Who cares? Um, So it does mean a lot, yes. But as long as you've got two good players in their prime, you're in the mix. Yeah. And particularly if one of them is top five in the world. And so what you didn't say what your biggest problem is. Oh, that it's every Just year. Just every year, yeah. So it's yeah. not often. Well, and I don't think it really rewards the best team. Well, I've got issues with the format, too. Right. Like we talked about, you look at all these these matches and not not the best players did not play. Right. In every match. Um, so, I but mean, at least if you had four, you know, if you had uh, four players from each team that had to play you get a much better representation of who the better country is as opposed to just yeah. taking two. Yeah, and that's okay. I, I don't mind that part of it. I don't mind the format in regards to singles one and two and then reverse singles and then the doubles to break the tie. I've got no problem with that. But I think that the fact that it happens every year means that players aren't always going to play it. Right. And if they don't all play it, and it doesn't, then it's going to lose its meaning to me. Well, and I don't know when the, I'm sure they said this, but I don't know when the finals are, but it seems like it's always in the fall. So from the time the finals is to when the next season starts, it's about three months. Yeah. Or less. So that's, that's the other issue. It's, it's like, a grind for them. Right. It's hard to get, you know, jazzed up for it when it just ended and then it's restarting again. So, so we had, here's who we had for the women. Sophia Kennan. And Madison Keys against Australia in the World Cup first round, and then Danielle Collins came in. Uh, I in thought the, Stevens played first round. No, no. 
Oh, I thought she played Saturday. No, no, no. First. Oh, the first round, not today. Yeah, back in the day against Australia. Yeah. And then Daniel Collins came in for the fourth rubber, and then it came down to the fifth match, which is doubles, and we lost four and five. So, came down to the wire, but good Lord. Was that our best lineup, do you think? I mean, you know, so now. (laughs) We talked about that when it happened. It was kind of frustrating. So, now we come to the World Cup playoffs, which by the way, spoiler alert, this time, Sophia Kennan closed it out for us. So in the first match, rubber one, if you will, I hate that word so much. The first match, Madison Keys looked pitiful. Who just won a clay court tournament. Pitiful. Like Ten days ago. Looked pitiful. She lost two and three and, and just looked out of sorts. Um, so then Sloan... And it was a home match for us, so every, right. we have every advantage. Right. So Sloan comes in, yeah, hard court. Sloan comes in, indoor, so big hitter, that should help. Right. So then Sloan comes in in the second rubber and beats uh, Tamea Baczynski four and three. A little shaky early, but she, she pretty much rolled. Right. And then the third rubber, so now Stevens plays Golubic. Yeah, and they're without their best player, by the way. Yes, and that was three and two pretty easily. So then, of course, the reverse singles, right? So Madison Keys comes in. Oh, wait a minute. Madison Keys didn't play. Sophia Kennan played in a match that mattered. Which is pretty crazy. And, but she won three and six. And so she came through against uh, Baczynski. And then the doubles is uh, Jen Brady and Jessica Pagula, which probably wouldn't have been those two if... <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. No. Anyway, when you've got you've had players, you know that you've had to take out or lower in your lineup when they lose confidence or whatever. But to get taken out of Fed Cup at home when you're a top twenty player and you need that win, that right. win was going to keep us in the in the world group. Right. Unless there's, we hear something about an injury, and we that's lost. Pretty shocking. Yeah, and we lost the first match, so we were on the back foot. Right, and so. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously it was a good call to pull her, uh, to pull keys and put in uh, Kennan because uh, it worked. Right. And I don't know, maybe we thought we, because their doubles lineup is not spectacular, but again, who knows who they would have put right. in. Um, so, again, the same issue for me rears its ugly head that Davis Cup had when they were at this format and that the best players don't care that much. So well, I know, and it's funny to me, like, it almost makes you wonder if it's lip service for Halep to be saying that, because I can't imagine if she's writing down her, you know, list of five things she wants to accomplish remaining her career. I can't imagine that's on that list. But may, but then again, she's disagree. already done. Other, I, well, she's already done everything else. So I disagree completely. I wish you would have stuck with it. So finally, <laughs> we could disagree. But no, I think she's all in. And uh, not, not she's out now, but she was all in. And, uh, and so I think it is important. I know Americans aren't patriotic, but I don't get why. Because when we talk about her career after, it's not going to be she won Fed Cup. It's going to be she won, you know, however many Grand Slams. And she was ranked number one for however long. True. And, but, you know, I think it could be that one day. I mean, I, I certainly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, I guess I was going to say I talk about Roddick like that. But I also talk about. No, I do not. I do not talk. I don't. It's an added bonus when I'm talking about Agassi and Todd Martin, right? And you know, and, and Pete Sampras. It's a 
little icing on the cake from the standpoint of everything else they did. Oh, yeah. And they're also, you know, always ready to roll for the USA. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think it's more of a reflection on how much they care about their country slash fans that they're willing to represent their country every year. Like, to me, that's what I love about Roddick and, you know, the Bryan brothers is not that they, and not how many matches they won or lost in Davis Cup, it's that they played every year. Right. And they were always out there representing us. Well, there you go. One more reason. Hashtag comeback Andy. <laughs> Roddick. Not, uh, <laughs> um, sadly, the wrong Andy's coming back. Not sadly. If Come on, even. you animal. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying if I had to choose between the two. I agree completely. So, you know, it it just boils down to this for me, is that if 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 it was once every four years for sure, people would be off the hook trying to yeah, – they'd be qualifying to play. Oh, yeah, we'd and, have and, a every, whole, and every player would play. Yeah, we'd have a whole qualifying situation, and it would be a big deal. Right. So clearly, if the players don't care that much about it, why should we? The answer is we shouldn't. <laughs> that, that was what I was waiting for. I was actually pretty surprised how many friends I knew that went down there to watch it. I mean, then again, Texas doesn't have many options, but – I was a little bit impressed because I think that, I mean, what percentage of the regular, I want to say tennis fan, but I'm going to say sports fan, what percentage of the regular sports fan knows what Fed Cup is? Mm, 10%. 8.352. No, you're right. Davis Cup probably 5% higher, maybe. You sexist. (laughs) Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, And, and, because it's always on, it's even more confused. Like what? Wait, what? What right. this just is this a replay? So if you are if you're not educated on the sport, oh, and I'm sure people were like USA lost. Why are they still playing? That Which too to is common, you know. Which is all right because people yeah. don't understand the soccer system either, right? Uh, but but the point being that there's a lot to be desired in terms of in terms of. Davis Cup and Fed Cup as it pertains to maybe being an asset to growing our game as opposed to just, eh. Well, eh. And, and you talk about what our, my problem is. One of my biggest problems in any tennis event is, ironically, when the event gets down to one court. And for Fed Cup, it's always one court. Right. Because if you're not, and so if you're not in a good match, like I guarantee the people that paid to watch Keys in that first round were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, mainly because she lost, but also just because, like you said, the quality of play. But I'm the same way with, you know, the, the finals of a tournament. That's, to me, the least interesting. Yeah. Unless I'm, it's just two players that, you know, I haven't seen play that often or, you well, know, going for something crazy. Well, that's – so that is definitely just sort of a risk that you take, and that's all right. Generally, uh, you know, if you're right. if you're watching any competitive environment, sometimes all the wrong people are going to lose, or all the wrong teams are going to lose, um, and you end up with a matchup that the league doesn't want, that the fans don't want, right. that nobody's going to pay for, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that and that's a risk, you know, that's just built into competition. But yeah. to me, it's it's a lot less likely to happen if. All the best players are playing. Now, Americans might not make it. Right. On the women's side, we got a better chance generally. But the women might not 
the Americans might not might, might not make it through, but you're still going to have the best players available right. to you know to still play, which makes a difference. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's always luck of the draw. But I think it's I do think the Davis Cup format of having all the matches going at once adds a little more interest for me. Um, where you know we can go back and forth, and obviously you're still going to get down to the final at some point, and the final is interesting or is not interesting. But uh, the final carries interest because it means more in anything. So right. There is always that. Right. But well, I I just don't understand how there can be you know wringing of hands about the Davis Cup format when the bottom line is no one cares. So right. why do you care now? All of a sudden, it just yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't, uh, you know, match up with what's actually going on. And maybe I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe everybody does care. But the idea I think to the me, first year they'll get a lot of people just because it's new. It's new, and yeah. Then yeah, it'll go back to the same as before. Maybe. But I will say this: one thing that infuriates me is they on their on their uh, on the website it says point blank the World Cup of Tennis, <laughs> but yet you don't do anything the World Cup does. <laughs> Well, you relegate. That's right. something. You know, but it's like, shut up. You're yeah, not. It's about two similarities, country versus country, and you, you know, move up and down based on your results. That's, that's it. About, that's about the only two. And well, those and are by good. By the way, Labor Cup, nobody is going to see Labor Cup because it's Labor Cup. They're going because it's Federer and Nadal or Djokovic. That's the only reason. If it was, you know, U.S. versus the world or Europe versus the world and it was, you know, six top 50 players from each country, nobody's going to see that. Or not as many. Unless, but see, I could see a pathway. I hate to use that word. <laughs> I could see a path that the the we Davis Cup and Fed Cup could actually become or start acting like the World Cup of Tennis. Then I think it does turn. Oh, yeah. I think it's possible for sure. Um, and I think that's the missing piece in terms of, of you know, getting all the – because, again – Anywhere in anything Federer plays, it will be popular. Right. Well, why doesn't he care about Davis Cup? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Because every single month he's got a chance to play in it. <laughs> right. And so he doesn't. And if he doesn't care, it doesn't matter. And that and that matters to people. They're not going to go support something that the the players themselves just don't care that much about. Right. I know I've, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but that's that's why I said that, that that's the main problem is it's every year. And so you don't build that anticipation. You don't make something, you know, more scarce, which means, you know, the demand for it will go up. Well, and how long has the Olympics been in tennis? It's not, it wasn't, or tennis been in the Olympics. It wasn't always in the Olympics, right? Right. So I know the Olympics are a different level, but everybody plays in that every year, every year that it, they have it. Yeah. Um, and so just having it less often, like you said, for sure is going to make participation go up. Um. Secondly, I don't know how you raise the prestige of any event. I mean, the money's not going to entice Federer at all, unless it's just, I mean, crazy. Well, the prestige from my perspective, or or should I say any fan's perspective, is the best players want to play it. So that's number one. So from my perspective, if Federer plays it, I'm in. If he play, right? But I mean, what can and he I'm do? using him for an example because obviously I don't care specifically about him that much. We hate him, as we learned from Twitter. Yeah, no. no I mean, what I mean <laughs> is he's not driving me right. to things because I, you know, I like that stuff anyway. But you know, 
so for the general public, general fan, if he's not playing, it makes a big difference. Just like Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> but I don't know what they can do to make him want to play is what I'm saying. Right. Make it. I'm, I'm, that's what I – yeah. Make it once every – however. I, mean, that's, I think that's about the only And it may solution. not be him anymore. Right. Because the cat's out of that bag. It's too late. Yeah. But generally speaking, I no, think – none of those players want to add two weeks to their schedule per year. Yeah. Yeah, they already have enough. Right. Um, All right, this horse is dead. <laughs> this horse. But at least dead. we didn't get relegated. That is something. Oh, Lordy. Um, lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Because. Uh, yeah, because we. It's really depressing. It would be, but nobody cares, as we've discussed. <laughs> so why does it really right. matter? And nobody knows what anything means. So And they're still going to show it on TV and still going to promote it as Fed Cup. So most people that watch aren't even going to know. I bet I bet even the people that went to Fed Cup didn't realize, oh, this is like a consolation, you know, match. Right. Um Nah give me a percentage of every person in that arena. Oh. That, how many knew that it was a consolation match? Yeah. Before they got there? Yeah. Twenty percent. Holy moly. I bet most people are just going, Oh, you know, America's playing, Keys and Stevens are gonna be there. You know, let's go watch it. Well, first of all, you got to buy tickets for all these events months in advance. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that's part of it. And even when you buy tickets for you know a, a Mavericks game, you don't know until you get to the game. You know, if you buy them in advance, if it's going to mean anything or not. Right. Uh, and obviously, when these went on sale, we knew already knew it was a consolation match. But, but I think a lot of people just are just going to watch pro tennis. They're not even yeah up on the format and they don't watch it when it's on tv well speaking of um popularity of events when the best players either don't show up or can't we'll talk about men's tennis when we come back Join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. Holy moly. I mean, it sounded like that whistling sound from World <laughs> War II bombs dropping <laughs> in terms of ticket sales dropping or attendance dropping <laughs> when we got to the final of Monte Carlo. Now, first of all, Monte Carlo, what? I mean, can you think of a better kickoff to a Grand Slam series, as we like to call it, than Monte Carlo? Holy moly. Well, I was thinking about you because when often, I was watching often it. you do. <laughs> it's creepy. My wife walked by and she said, wow, where's that? Like... That was her first reaction to seeing it on TV. Yeah. Uh, and Let's that's, go. It just draws your attention immediately, uh, you know, when you turn it on. I actually think it's funny that you're saying ticket sales dropped because wouldn't those people have seen it all enough by now? <laughs> Great point. Uh, not not ticket sales, of course, but like the resale, yeah. you know, market was off the hook. And just basically interest in general. Oh, man. So we had Monte Carlo, which is on the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, from what I've seen in pictures anyway. I've never been. Have you ever been? I have not, Loser. sadly. <laughs> you haven't been out of the U.S., have you? Canada, if you count that. <laughs> Most people don't. 
Canada is not in the U.S. <laughs> no, oh, I you've been to Canada. I, been to Canada. I see. Yes. I see. But when is the last time that Nadal and Djokovic were in a tournament, especially on clay, and neither were in the final? That's got to be a long time, I would think. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you have three of the greatest. <laughs> the I'm sorry, not three of. The three <laughs> greatest players in the history of the game. Three Michael Jordans all at once. Right. It's incredible. By the way, Djokovic uh, has 11, or did I say seven, wins on clay over Nadal. I, I figured he had the most. That's... But you know, when we did our little... A lot. ...bet a long time ago, okay. that was when Djokovic was out. So we had a name, we each had a name of a player that would beat Nadal on clay. One of us uh, said Fonini. Uh. <laughs> okay, now that was also probably what was that like the 2012 French Open or something? <laughs> Fonini was a junior, and I think we I think we said who could beat him in the French, which Fonini can't make it out of the second round of the French. So um, you know he never makes it far enough to play him, and actually him winning this will make it less likely he plays in at all because he'll have to play him in like the quarters or semis. Well, um, all right. So to refresh everyone's memory, um. We were discussing who can stop Nadal because that's all we ever want <laughs> is for the big three to lose. Right. Not because we want them to lose, because by them losing, it validates even more when they win. It validates the the value of the win right. in the next tournament or whatever. And I think it was our pre either pre French Open or maybe one week before that, when he was just rolling through everybody yeah. on clay. So with that in mind we started picking not top, you know, whatever, maybe the not the big four right. or whatever. We were just sort of looking at generally who could stop him. Yeah. And my brilliant pick, <laughs> I stand by it, was Benoit Paire. Well, and they may not have even played on clay since then. Now, for me, I got validation of, of that pick when someone on Twitter said that – that Fonini is a better version of Benoit Paire. They do play pretty similarly. Just a little bit. Fonini's got the, I think one of his biggest edges on it all is just the, the, the personality. Right. You know, that he really doesn't look like he cares when he's out there. Yeah, and I all can't relate to that. Yeah, I don't think he does care. Right. And not Pair probably doesn't either. But Yeah, but he doesn't care like, I'm not going to be, the, I'm out. Right. I'm out. <laughs> Well, Yen Infinity was down six four four one the first round. And I actually watched that match. Um and I was like, God, oh, he looks horrible. And I think that Rublev had a point to go to five one. Um and Fonini comes back and wins a set. And I don't know why, I mean, you're the geography man. Okay. Is Monte Carlo that close to Italy? Like it seemed like there was a huge Italian fan base there. Yeah, so it is between Italy and France. Well, there you go. But it didn't seem like, now granted, not many French players made it that deep, but it didn't seem like the French were getting the same, um, same, whatever, respect from the fans as as he did. Yeah, I don't know. Because every match I watch, he was like the fan favorite, which to me is weird to watch Fonini be the fan favorite because he's not Because everybody likeable. hates him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it is a, Monaco is a principality um, in between or board, you know, touching both Italy and France. And did you see Nadal pull the uh, the Serena Williams after the match? 
<laughs> yes, I did. I was surprised. That's really unusual for he him. He said, yeah. I, I think he hates Fonini. That's why he did that. Oh, that's a brilliant, brilliant observation. Yeah, he just said, yeah, I played I played the worst match I've ever played. In, you and know. still lost 6-4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that was a total Serena post-match interview. He played better than me, but it's because I played awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, I think, three wins now Fonini has on Nadal on clay. And again, of course, obviously never in the French. Um, but it's just funny, sort of fits into that kind of joking episode we did about what works against Nadal, and it's just that unpredictability, the kind of, you know, doesn't look like he's that nervous. I think he just throws Nadal off of his rhythm. To me, that's the number one, is getting Nadal out of rhythm. And the problem is in a three out of five set match, Nadal is going to get in a rhythm at some point in the match. Right. And then you're just done. And I think at a two out of three, it's a little bit easier to keep him out of his rhythm. Well, and people, you know, when Djokovic lost... Um, God, and are you telling me you're not doubting our prediction now? He looks horrible. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not at all. But I when he, he lost... Awful. Yeah, so he made it through... Um, I mean, Cole Schreiber's a tough player, so that took took him and three sets. And he just sets. lost to him, so... That took him three sets. That's got to mean something. You know, but then he, he rolled against the tough, tough American. Oh, wait. No such thing. Uh, <laughs> and 3-0, Taylor Fritz. And then he lost in three to uh, Medvedev. Um, who was the 10th seed? It's not like the guy's right. nobody. But everybody's like, oh, I think it was the elbow. or Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't really care. And it doesn't affect what I think he's going to do once we get to three out of five sets. Because I don't care what you say, if anybody can outlast Nadal on clay, it's the Joker. He's a beast, man. And I think... And younger. Even for... I don't think this is true for Nadal because he's a confidence player, but I think for Federer and Djokovic, when they lose earlier in a tournament, I don't think they even... I think in some ways they look at it, oh man, now I have a you know, few days rest before the next tournament. I think it's... You know they can turn well, they into might positive. Not, they might like think that way, think that, but right. it's true. Yeah, they get to chill out, and and that's that's why Federer didn't play this week. He could have played this. He doesn't want to play three clay court tournaments, you know, right. all week long leading into the French. Yeah, Nadal does because he's right. a maniac. Yeah, um, he wants to win every clay court tournament on the calendar. Yeah, good lord, Djokovic's career prize money is one hundred twenty nine <laughs> million. Good lord, I know that. I remember when he passed Federer, and they were both around hundred at the time. I would assume Nadal is probably low hundreds, a little lower hundreds than that. Yeah. Whew. All right. So let's see. But it was pretty crazy having like you know, all the seated players go out so early. The top seed, I mean, team lost very meekly also. And he's supposed to be the second. I mean, I think boy, most people put him above Djokovic. Boy, what happened to that? It was weird. Prediction. <laughs> Good gracious. He looked really bad. He was down 5 0 the first set. Uh, in the match he lost, which yeah. was to Lajevic. He made the final, so obviously he's playing well. Hmm. But we've had some weird Masters results this year. This is like the beginning of the downfall of the big three based on just the Masters. If you look at just the Masters yeah. finals, it's but, been very But again, again, I, I don't think it's conscience, but I think, uh, conscious, but I think you're right. I don't think it matters. No. It doesn't because now he's got extra days off and if it is his elbow, then obviously that does matter, and that does throw my, you know, derails my uh, prediction of a Joker slam this year. But but they're still going to be top th- three of the top four seeds, which means they're not playing each other to the semis. Right. Who else can beat them, you know, on a clay court match? Three out of five. Right. I mean, Fetter, somebody might, just because he hasn't played on clay, but the other two, 
But you know, Djokovic doesn't grind on clay like like um, Nadal. Nadal does. Well, so yeah, he kind of plays exactly the same, right? So the the eventual finalist, um, but well, Fabio obviously is the champion, and that means he's also a finalist. <laughs> um, but the the loser, the runner up. The second place, if you will, the Un- first loser. Unseated. If you're not first, you're last. I'm uh, <laughs> trying to think of all the. I'm sure he doesn't think that this week. No. Well, first of all, so unseated, he plays um, in the second round. He plays plays Guffin, beats him in straight sets. Then he plays Team, beats him in straight sets, and then he plays a qualifier. Um, you know, so it wasn't an easy you know road for him. That's a 16 right. and the four. And he missed out on playing Hatchinoff. Uh, would have been, you know, his uh, seated opponent, the highest seated opponent in the next one, in that next round. Yeah. But he ended up playing uh, Sonigo or Sonigo or Songo <laughs> or whatever. Um, and of course, everybody's freaking out, like, "Oh, if you haven't seen this kid, you don't know what you're missing." Shut up! You don't know what he, you don't know what he was doing <laughs> yesterday, right? Um, but then, you know, you watch him the final, and it's like, oh, okay, the first game, wow, this kid is good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There we go. When he's, it's not like he's. I mean, he's not that young, is he? I don't he's think been so. around for a few years. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's not like he's on a like a straight upward trajectory. He hasn't been, um, because I think he's been in the top hundred for at least three or four years. But maybe I'm wrong. Like to me, Felix is a way higher trajectory than. Oh yeah. Although I don't even know what happened to him in this tournament. He obviously lost early. Um. But yeah, this has been. This is like reminds me of the clay court tournaments of old where you just get two random finalists. Um, and I would call Fonini a clay court specialist, even though he doesn't play a clay court style necessarily. He's obviously played on that his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, a clay court style versus the number one thing. The number one thing is being able to move on it. Yeah. Properly sliding into the shot instead of sliding after the shot changes everything. I mean, coming through the shot after your racket's done, now your recovery step and boom, versus running to the ball, hitting it, sliding to a stop, and then your recovery step. I mean, that makes a huge difference. And, and you know, so if you've been playing playing on uh, – yeah, he's 28, by the way. Yeah. Dusan <laughs> That's why I was like, Leavich. he's been around a while. Yeah, exactly. He's 48 right now. Let it go. Which is probably, you know, high for him, I would assume, but still – yeah, but like, um, I just thought it was funny that uh, you know Fonini playing that style, but you know he can career high forty two. Yeah, so he's pretty close. two and a half months ago. Yeah, so. he's pretty close to his max. But yeah, I mean, watching Fonini play, it was interesting because you know he has you and I probably have more of these than most people just are so passionate about tennis. But Fonini has one match that I will never forget, and it's that match against Monfi at the French. You know where they played in like to darkness. Yeah. Um, and that just to me is, I will always remember that match. Uh, and you know, there's certain matches like that that we'll always remember. And like I said earlier, it's usually not the finals. It's these, you know, marathon mid, mid round matches that something crazy happens. And, and that, I remember that being, well, it's also just two crazy guys. Well, here's, so the fact that we suck at clay court tennis, as far as Americans, which is the point of this whole podcast, actually, unfortunately, makes the case you made and agrees with the case you made some podcast back. <laughs> I think it started with the one you were all by yourself. 
Um, oh, about American style of play. Yeah, that we just can't keep balls in play. Our shot tolerance right. is a good word. Our shot tolerance is very low. Um, and a lot of a lot of things affect your shot tolerance. Um, but one thing that can certainly help your shot tolerance is playing on a surface that you can't hit through people. Right. So then guess what you do? You stop trying to hit through yeah. people. Yeah, and that's... I feel like that's such a basic concept of tennis. It frustrates me to watch Americans lose that way. Right. It's like, to me, I, when I play a match against, obviously I'm not researching my opponent and watching them play, but I know after four, three or four games whether I can hit through the person or not. And right. if I can't, I give up on that pretty quickly. Well, if you've seen your backhand, you know most of the time. <laughs> I know going you, into any match, I can't hit yeah, through the person. Yeah, pretty, pretty. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't like you said about Fonini, which you said it, I think is a positive for him, but I think the Americans don't even change their strategy when they're playing on clay versus hard. Well, you take somebody like Keyes, uh, you know, one of the things that is sort of the inverse of what most people say, oh, she can't hit through people, she's going to struggle on clay. Well, the inverse part of that could be also true that even if she's playing somebody as good as Halep, that ball is going to sit up even more when yeah. she's getting a ball from somebody like Halep, and she's going to be in even better position to tattoo it, and she will tattoo a forehand, and that's a that's a bonus for her um, if the ball's sitting right in her strike zone more times. Because on a hard court, you wonder why she sprays all over the place. Well, because right. the ball's lower, it's skidding through, it's getting on you quicker. You don't have as much time to set up, and so well, and it looks sloppier. If she goes into a match and tries to rally with Halep that's not going to win well that too so i mean there is something to be said to playing for your strengths but i feel like all the americans have the same strengths that's what yeah that's what irritates me it's like how can we have you know between the men and the women we've got probably 25 30 players in the top 100 and they all play the all same style <laughs> they all play the same style it's unless they're you know six foot eight or taller yeah then they play that style um yeah i i i would say that starting off children on clay, even if it's green, American, gross, <laughs> hard true, uh, at least it forces you to play longer points to develop that higher shot tolerance. Um, well, and think about France. They've got Gasquet, Monfi, and Simone. Those guys, none of those three guys play anything similarly whatsoever. Right. So obviously in a country as small as France, they've got people teaching different styles of play. Or kids level. are naturally gravitating towards based on their yeah. personalities. Um, although I will say, well, that's a big part of it. Your personality type is a big part of the game style you play. However, closing your eyes and swinging out of your <laughs> shoes is not actually a style of play. Right. It's the most asinine version of a style of play. Right. And not very smart most of the time. And remember, there was a little, little. luckily it was brief, but there was a period in tennis where it looked like tennis was sort of going that way. You know, well, maybe with the six serve. Years ago. Yeah. Well, the serve, and remember when Nadal lost that match to Rosal, and he was just hammering every ball right. as hard as he could, and right. Verdasco did the same thing, and it was like... And Delpo won a U.S. Open that way. Right, I was like, please don't let this be what tennis is going to be. Let's right. just hit every ball as hard as we can, and if they go in, we win. And luckily, it's gone back more to the baseline grinding. I mean, yeah. not, not that that's necessarily amazing to watch either, but... Well, it depends on who who's doing it and, yeah. and who who they're doing it against. I'm telling you, the next the next uh, I say the next evolution, but or devolution, it depends because the net 
good lord, please somebody use the net. Please somebody <laughs> use the net. Um, I was actually shocked, and it makes me kind of wonder if Nadal was telling the truth about his injuries. He was coming to the net like crazy when I saw him. Like he played Bautista. I need to look up the stats, but I bet he was at the net 25, 30 times. Uh, and, and his volleys were so easy because he had Bautista running like crazy. Right. But, I mean, if you can't learn from Nadal, who can beat anybody from the baseline, you're going the net and finishing points. I don't know what other example you need. Well, and Fanini was doing a good job of that. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd get a ball in the middle of the court, give him that little skinny inside out on his forehand, and then follow right behind it. And the guy was, you know, whoever his opponent happened to be uh, in whatever particular round, and he would come in and easy volley. He doesn't. Right. Have to, he's not Boris Becker diving, <laughs> digging out low volleys. He's he's strategically finishing the point earlier because he can. Right. Well, and what percentage from zero to hundred do you think of Fonini losing first round next week? Ninety-eight point seven three five. Pretty high. Yeah. Um, it's not nice. Which, again, is not, you know, you'd rather win a tournament, lose first round, than make the round of 16 two weeks in a row yeah. um, from a points and a money perspective. So I don't think he's going to care if he does lose first round, you know, in the next tournament. Well, and if, it, you know, I mean, the other side of that is, is this is a big accomplishment. And now maybe it's some weight off his shoulders. And so now maybe he can come in and play real loose. I yeah. mean, looser than he does normally, I guess, really, is what, <laughs> who knows. Yeah, good point. But yeah, he could. I mean, he's he's flirting with being, he'll be like, potentially like a top eight seed in the French, which, you know, does make it interesting. Because I would, before this tournament, I would have probably still put him as a top five, top eight, you know, clay court player in the world. But it's hard to say. I don't know if you saw that, this what they're doing now on Tennis Channel is the clay court UTR and the hard court UTR. Oh, and it's like, how do you know what a clay court UTR? No one's played a clay court match in the last eight months, right? Like, exactly. how do you know what their clay court UTR is? Because it always factors in your last, you know, x number of days or x number of matches. And team wasn't in the top ten, by the way, right? On the clay court UTR, I'm like, so team, you're telling me he's not a top ten clay court player? Well, and I think they had Djokovic as one or two. No, if you judge from the fact that he won one match. <laughs> At, uh, well, and I know, and that Monte maybe, Carlo, and that was before this tournament. So, what is it now? If he wasn't oh, top ten yeah. now, he's got to be even worse now. Yeah, they've got to. I mean, again, our brilliant idea is every every tournament, every Grand Slam, uh, it needs to be seeded based on the previous series leading up to it. So, all uh, totally uh, going into the French right now, Fonini should be the one seed. Federer should be unseated. Um, well, and now, unless you want to do an injury protection and make it a two-year rolling thing well, or something. May, well, I think you would have to. I think you would have to factor in world ranking as well to some degree because yeah. you, then you have situations where better doesn't need to play it to beat all these chumps. Hashtag weakest error <laughs> and still and still be fine. But you well, know, when we've talked about, they don't want to screw up their draw by having better. You know, Nadal the first week. Yeah. So any tournament, they're always going to do whatever they can to avoid that. So Monte Carlo started with a bang and ended with a whimper, um, yeah, I think. Totally. Um, and we feel I feel like we always are saying that, but well, no I mean, one can be happy about a Fonini-Leovich final. Well, it, when it's the first round and you get Struff beating Shapovalov in three, you're like, okay, that's a bang. Right. It, you know, it's not... And Shapovalov plays American tennis, too, by the way, yeah. which worries me. Yeah. 
Um, it, mm, yeah, but he's young. I think he's got he's a little lefty. more he's got, seasoning. Yeah. Um, you know, so you have something like that happening. You're like, oh, okay, no problem. It's a result. But then you get to, you know, the third round and there's, you know, more, you know, unbold names and bold names with numbers <laughs> next to me. Like, okay, wait a second. Um, well, it's sort of like when you have upsets in the NCAA tournament and then you get to that, you know, third round and it's a 12 and a 13 or, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, right. I'd much rather have a 13 versus a one than a 12 versus yeah. a 13. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's. You know, the more fireworks early on, it usually sim- has to simmer down a little bit. Yeah, you have to have a mix of fireworks. Yeah. I mean, you know. But I yeah, mean, there were no seeds left in that thing after, you know, by the time I got to the quarters, it was, uh, it was a graveyard it of was seeds. Ha- it was more than half, I think. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, I was wrong. <laughs> nine seeds that were in the round of 16? Yeah. So it was it, yeah, it was nine seated, seven unseated. Okay. So that's not too bad, but still, right. actually it is because it's almost half. Right. Are gone. And I think it was only a. And you're supposed to be all there. I think so, it was like a forty-eight draw. So a third of the players were seated. Yeah. So I mean, I guess really it, the seated players, it's more than half. Right. But it should be one hundred percent theoretically. Right. So actually, having seven gone is pretty bad. Exactly. And we two out of the final four unseated, you know that's that's really unusual for a master. Right, and and the two ones that were seated, you had you had a doll which was a two, and then you had a thirteen and a ten right. and an unseated. So you're like, <laughs> eh. yeah. Um. Anywho, so Monte Carlo, what do we what do we conclude from that? Nothing. I'll tell you what. Nothing. <laughs> is Fanini going to win the French? No, 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 not at all. Is Djokovic are Djokovic and Nadal still the two favorites? Uh, God, I, I'm having more doubts than you are about Djokovic. Well, I'm having doubts about both of them because you True. worry every time they don't, you know, win a match that something's right. wrong. Because that's the only time they ever don't. Is really? Something's catastrophic. Now that that's not me, 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 me being a homer for either of them because I don't care. Right. I did pick a Joker slam, but I don't like him. Right. And his dumb Lego hair and his heart thing that he throws his heart out to everybody. Oh, you're so anti Federer. Um, but. When they lose, you got to worry. Right. And nobody's going to, I don't know, I don't watch, you know, Sky News or whatever in, you know, <laughs> other countries where they actually cover this stuff. I, I will say, from watching Nadal, I'm not worried. I didn't see signs of injury when he was playing, except maybe, like I said, about going the net a little bit more. But I saw no issues of movement or being able to rally or be able to hit the ball deep or, you know, I didn't see any issues with his strokes or movement. But then again, I remember that year he made the, the third or fourth round of the French and then withdrew, like out of the blue, and said his wrist or whatever. So, I mean, I think he's good at masking it while he's playing. He's old as dirt. Yeah. and That's an issue. And he, man, I think he said something in his post-match about, you know, I'm I can't, right now my minimum is kind of 70%, but I don't know if I'm going to be 70 or 100, you know, going into that day. And he goes, the minimum just keeps dropping, you know, yeah. every year. Um but no, Djokovic just, what I've always worried about Djokovic, even though we've said he's going to be the best player of all time, is he doesn't have an easy way to win points. Nadal has an easy way to win points on clay. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic does not have an easy way to win points on clay. And so he's going to have to, you know, grind through seven matches on his worst. Nah, I don't know if Wimbledon, I don't know if grass or clay is his worst surface, but definitely worse than hard court. Yeah. 
Well, but I think you have to, you can't say team is top two after he got, <laughs> I mean, he would be the only other one and he's certainly not top two after that, nor is Verev. Well, if you had $1,000, no, 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 you're super rich. So whatever, <laughs> give me, give me a, a number. That, if you had $10,000 that are not you. And I could disperse it anywhere I wanted. No, no, no. All on one player. Oh, okay. Oh, All on, not that I endorse gambling. Uh, the show does not. Well, see, I, I agreed with you on Joker Slam and I was just about to say Nadal with no hesitation. Um, but I have to say Nadal just because of how bad Djokovic has looked since the Australian. Yeah, but my point being is you're not putting it on any of these other suckers. No, and I'm telling you right now, I don't care who says what on Twitter or any other <laughs> any other place. If they had to take an amount of money that would financially hurt them and put it on a player, right? They wouldn't put it on any of these jokers <laughs> either, right? And if I could split it, I'd do about probably about seventy five twenty five. Nadal and Djokovic. Ooh-wee. Zero, huh? Zero on the Fed Express. Oh, zero for sure. Hey, Twitter guy or whoever. E- email and we're this, talking about no odds. Just, you're email talk- this dum-dum now that he talked about about Federer. <laughs> I'm talking about no odds. If you factor the odds in, it's different. I don't know how odds work, so forget it. Well, they won't. They'll, uh, Federer will be like, he'll like three to one. I'm just talking about straight up. You know, yeah. just No, somebody. I wouldn't put any money on team or Federer. Wow. Um, well, I'm all in on Joker. Yeah. So, And again, it's a, it's a ways off. And everything changes, of course, if he's injured. Right. Which, sorry, my predictions don't factor in random injuries. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I can't wait to see Federer play on clay. That is something I'm excited about. Yeah, you know why? Because he hasn't done it. Right. And so if you don't do something for two or three years, it <laughs> makes back. it more exciting. <laughs> it makes it more exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, and people better uh, better get their tickets to early rounds, too. Because who knows, you know. Ouch. <laughs> but yeah, that's, and that's why tournaments, you know, do that. They're they're not trying to sell you tickets based on who's in the match. They're trying to sell you everything up front. Oh, Because they sure. know they don't know who's in the final. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, weakest era, uh, you can pretty much guess. But uh, anyway, yeah. all right, so that's Monte Carlo. We've got uh, Barcelona. do 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 uh, Flock of Seagulls. No, that was my Sharona. Yeah, I thought Flock of Seagulls was the singer, was the group. No, that's um. And I run, I run so far away. Yeah, well, I wasn't gotta get away. <laughs> Who was my Sharona? My Sharona was uh, Dixie's Midnight Runners. <laughs> the Knack. Oh, I would have never known that in well, a hundred tries. Because you're a loser. <laughs> Well, that's depressing. I thought I was going to impress you there with my 80s music knowledge. No, no, you did not. You <laughs> rarely impressed me, if if at all. <laughs> with any knowledge. Yeah. So Barcelona <laughs> coming up. And uh, thank goodness, men's only. I wonder if Nadal's the one seed. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, Yes. So Nadal is the Uno seed. And the mighty, mighty Zverev is the two. So Novak's not playing. Never heard of him. <laughs> Uh, you can't win a Grand Slam from Barcelona, okay? <laughs> you can't. You got to make it to Paris for that. Um, so we've got uh, team is the three seed. Apparently, <laughs> Barcelona had no idea what went on in Monte Carlo. Apparently, uh, and Key and Nishikori is the four. Oh God! And uh, Fonini is the eight, baby. Come okay. on, back to back, foe. Back Ooh. to back. How many? What's your over under on how many rounds Verev makes it through? Well, I guarantee you he wins his first match. Bye. 
Yeah, he beat by. He's already he's already advanced. It's about the only opponent he could beat. As so he's going to have um, Nicholas Yari, lucky loser or qualifier, Granier. And then if he makes it past that, then he will have either Fernando Verdasco going to the Wayback Machine, Feliciano Lopez. Oh, he's no chance yeah. of making it through that round. Or Grigor. Grigor Dimitrov is the seed who's already through. So I was actually impressed with Grigor this tournament. Uh, yeah, oddly enough. Yeah, which we don't say that very often. So Zverev is going to win. He won by... Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm not shocked if Yari beats him, but... I am not either. That's what I'm trying to make my pick here. Uh, see, we don't do predictions. We just like making fun of players <laughs> that deserve it. Right. Um, Man, is he going to make it past his first match? First match. Oh, man, because that's the match he'll lose. And he is the kind of player that... Yes. The only positive I can say about him is that he sort of got the Halep syndrome where he will either lose first round or make the semis. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't go in between. Well, um, yeah. So I feel like this is odds that go up every round. He advances. Yeah. I, uh, man, man, what do you do? What do you do? Beating, I don't see him beating Verdasco or Lopez. I think he'll make it past the first round and that's it. That's what I think. I think he wins one match. Um, which, I mean, we're saying that about the number two seated player. And I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That we have to, we have to, it takes that long to decide if he can win a first round match. That's because the depth of this era is so <laughs> good. Right. The top that the number so 70 player in the world can beat the three player in the world. That's how good right. it drives me insane. And, and the number three player in the world can lose, or the number two player can lose. First two rounds every tournament. Anyone still be the number two player in the world. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, so on the women's side, I mean, the only reason this matters, it's a smaller tournament, um, is because Osaka is playing in Stuttgart. Okay. Get your Mercedes Benz or whatever's made in Stuttgart. So Halep is the two. Osaka is the one. Man, oh man. I think between her and Djokovic, they've won about four matches this year since the Australian. Right. So we got Halep. Here's the, the C's. We got Halep. Or Osaka one, Halep two, Kvitova the three. Uh, let's oh, see they got else. everybody. Yeah, there's. I mean, Caroline, no. Uh, Pliskova, yep. Yeah. No, Kurt. Wozniacki. <laughs> no, oh, okay. uh, Kerber. Well, I thought you that she was Carolina. Pliskova yeah. is the four. Kerber is the five. Kiki Bartens is the six, and uh, Sevastova is the seven. That's enough. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, those are two. I mean, for for non masters events, those are two pretty good fields. Yeah, not bad. Um, so you can not, tell that's people are really starting to gear up. Gear up. Yep. Agreed. And don't forget. Oh, don't forget men's two fifty in Budapest. <laughs> Give me Marin Chilich is the one wild card one. By the way, <laughs> he's it, decided he didn't want to lose early in yeah. uh, the other tournament, so he went. He's going here instead. And then Chorch is the two. Chechenato three, Basilavishvili, flee, 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 is the four. And that's to me so funny. Like, I would think as a pro athlete who's got to have some level of ego or arrogance that you would always sign up for the bigger event. 
Like that's that's just so strange to me. That's like maybe he planned on making it far at Monte Carlo and not playing this week. Yeah, and he couldn't get into the other one. But I mean, all those guys, not just him. Oh right. But yeah, I mean, it's just weird to me to go. I mean, I guess they're going with the mindset of I need match time. So I got to make sure that I'm. Yeah, they just want to get on clay. Yeah, but yeah. I still think it's just, it's just, just a weird concept to me. To choose a smaller you know, venue to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, and I mean, some that. travel related, I'm sure. Sharapova. Uh oh. Playing in a 125 in China. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Sabina Sharapova from <laughs> Uzbekistan. Uh, sorry. Is that the one that played for SMU? I don't know. One of the one of the Sharapovas played for SMU. I don't know. Or plays or something, but I have not heard word about Sharapova. I obviously she's injured, but I've not I saw a Twitter article, something somewhere about that that maybe it was clickbait about her potentially retiring. Who knows? Well yeah, which wouldn't change anything because we haven't seen her for months. Yeah, exactly. And and Serena MIA also. All right, so what what do we got? Is that enough? Is that enough for uh I think that's it. We're still reeling from uh the big week of tennis. And I'll tell it's kind of like a roller coaster leading up to the French. It's up and down week to week. Yeah. Yeah. The levels are all wacky. Like which tournaments are which. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, Monte Carlo didn't end up uh, like a lot of people wanted it to. Mostly ticket holders. <laughs> uh, and I think it means nothing for the French. I'm still picking the Joker slam, which means he has to win the French, obviously. And uh, barring injury... If I had $10,000 to put on it, I wouldn't because that's stupid. <laughs> I think that we are still on a streak in 2019 of zero repeat master winners, which is certainly not something we would have bet on. Yeah. And I think it maybe even goes back even a lot farther than that, like back to the October, November. Oh, interesting. But the stat man, I don't believe one word you say, <laughs> but uh, it could be. I, yeah, I don't. It's a good idea not to just don't don't look it up to verify whether it's right or wrong. All right. Well, do you have a corner today? I don't. Thank. <laughs> Whew. I feel bad. I can't can't brag about Fonini only for so long. Well, first of all, he didn't kick over the water bottles though. I was a little disappointed in that. Yeah, but first of all, it you know again they focus. Uh, you know what? I was about to say they focus mainly on as in the big three focus mainly on the uh, Grand Slams. But to Nadal's credit. He wears this clay court season out. He does. I mean, so it's not. So really, in that regard, um, beating him in any clay court tournament is just as good as any other turn. You know what I mean? Right. So, and people, you know, people act like he dominates clay every year, which he does. But he generally loses twice a year, leading into the French. Yeah, he loses once. You know, on either Barcelona or Monte Carlo, and then he loses once either Madrid or uh, Rome, and he doesn't. He doesn't win all four going right. to the French. So I'm not putting alarm ball, bells at, off yet. Yeah. But yeah. if he loses again the next one, you know, this week, that. Uh-oh, trouble. More, trouble. Uh, all right. Disconcerting. And if he pulls a ripcord at some point, uh, hopefully it's just preventative and not because something's hurt him. Yeah, hopefully it's to make sure that he can play the French. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Fed Cup. Fed Cup. Glad to see you're here. Um, that did round out the women's week for me, though. You know, at least yeah. you got to see some of the top women play. It was kind of funny because you had no women's tennis all week, and then all of a sudden the weekend they took over. Yeah, and it was it was everything because nobody cared about the right, finals. Exactly. Monte Carlo, oops, uh-huh. oops, I meant to have stuff anyway. <laughs>
All right. Well, the uh, I saw a podcast that had they must have way more listeners than we do. Is that I didn't know that was possible. That's true. <laughs> I don't care about listeners. I care care about downloaders. <laughs> Download and throw your phone. You're all about the giant. numbers. Yeah. No, but uh, but they had hundreds and hundreds of reviews. And I don't know if that's because we never really mentioned that. And I don't even know how much it matters. It's got to matter, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the Yelp of podcasts, right? I mean, if you go in and give it five stars, and if you don't, don't bother. Right. So, uh, yeah, go to uh, your Apple phone. It has a podcast app. Go to that. Go into ours and rate and review it. Give it nothing but five stars. I mean, why else, you know, would you even go on there if you're not going to help us out? And uh, rate and review, and I don't know what that does, but it's got to do something. <laughs> right. It's got to do something. Uh, well, I think it does, it appears next to our name, what our rating is. Oh, there you go. In theory. And maybe it more people look at it and say, oh, wow, that's a fancy podcast. All right, so in the meantime, follow us at Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter. Now, on Twitter, I will send stuff out from time to time, retweet stuff time to time, and really the most fun I have is roasting prints. <laughs> not the singer he's a musical genius right. and he, we lost him far too soon but i mean prince rackets every time they send out a tweet it's just it's just asking for it it's just asking for i it. don't even think they have a coming it's just one guy running their twitter account <laughs> his name is prince <laughs> hey maybe prince is still alive and he, he gave up the music business faked his own death That's and right. now he's running prince racket he's still holding on to that prince racket um yeah, so uh, little known fact, he was named after the racket. Yeah, we tried that with Fila, and we got backlash. Prince has not provided us any backlash because, like I said, I think it's I think it's robotic. It's auto, It's just <laughs> right. There's no actual people to uh, defend them. Yes, there's not a there's not a company. Everybody that has Prince rackets are really using other names with P- Prince painted on it. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what you get on uh, Twitter, which they don't send out much, or or if they do, I don't see it a lot, but. Uh, Anywho, all right, so Instagram. Now, there's something new about Instagram, and I don't know if you'll care or not out there. You might not. You might. Corey doesn't care. I know that no. for a fact. So Instagram, it, we have promised to never send out a picture, and I won't, even though that's what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> so follow us at Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram, and I promise you, you'll never get a picture, but I think I found a loophole. I've got a loophole. I'm beating the system. <laughs> so what somebody suggested that I do is get 30-second-ish clips of Corey saying something smart. So I'm going to have to look through a <laughs> lot of shows. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do it like a serial killer. It's going to have to be a merge of 30 shows to get one Well, I'm going to have to do it like a serial killer where I cut out letters from a magazine and, you know, right. ransom notes. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to do that. A clip it's out one. Be, I agree with you. Thirty seconds in a row could be, or I find somewhere you, where you said the word the, and then I will find somewhere you, where you said you know Sampras, and then some. Where sounds like a greatest lawsuit ever, and yeah, yeah. So we'll get it going. But they suggested that I put together some you know little thirty second type clips, and then have a static background, and then send those out on Instagram. Just a little taste. Is that, is that breaking the rules? No, you've, well, 
It's tough. I don't think I you ever said. Did you ever say I won't post anything? I never said I won't post. Or did you ever say I won't? I think you only said I, I won't, won't post take photos. Dumb pictures and put them up there. I think that's and I mean and either way, I'm sure that's what I said. But also, that's certainly what I meant. Right. Technically, I didn't even really know you could do anything. Else, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, this is new to me. <laughs> so this suggestion dumbfounded me when he said right. it. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know. Uh, we've got to give it some thought. Corey literally never returns my text ever, <laughs> I, and I'm using the word literal the correct way. <laughs> he literally never returns my text. So not true, folks, not true. I'll text him. Hey, you want to record next Sunday at whatever time? Nothing, <laughs> nothing. Three oh, days later, oh. I get to the mailbox. There's a letter. Yeah, I'll be there at five thirty. See you normal time. Yeah. Um. That was not funny at all. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, so I, I, we, we've got to give that some thought. And so he, even though he never answers my texts or phone calls, we will have to discuss it somehow. We would hate to give you a reason to actually add us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so anyway, so that's what I think we may potentially do uh, after we talk to the lawyers here at the podcast and see if it meets a standards of our our previous promise right so all right so follow us on those places review however you can do it spread the word for the love of all things holy spread the word we do absolutely nothing that's not true we do a little bit but (laughs) it's so ineffective and inefficient it's almost like not doing anything at all we want to be fan driven well I don't know that we have fans per se, but <laughs> well, that's why I said want to be not right. That we are, but I think it's up to you out there to do all the work to but spread. Tennis the players work. are used to that because that's true. Um, nobody, nobody cares about tennis nobody until cares. they talk about it. We care, right? Which is why we're here, and particularly about American tennis because you know, come on, it's America. So anyway, all right, you got nothing else. That's it. Thank goodness. Uh, spread the word. Let's get ready for some clay court season. I'm so fired up clay court is here. Can't ever get too tired of looking at the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> and uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Share e-pole.